Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, the first question this week is from Shell. She has a young horse who she would like to know how she can help accept being caught and have his halter put on. She's got a yearling who's very friendly unless he sees her with the halter and the lead rope. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, they, they, there's some things that yeah, they, can, they, 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 they know what they like and they know what they don't like. It's interesting that the halter and lead rope bothers him though because um, if he hasn't quite got to the stage that you've been putting a halter on and leading him then um, obviously he just sees it as a bit of a threat or something. Or um, but, but either way, it's something that that needs to be rectified. So there's the interesting thing about young horses is you go out like when when we handle our foals it's it's the same as you sort of you go out and you it's kind of like touch and go. They're quite curious and interested when they're young so they're gonna come up and sniff and if the if the mares are kind of quite friendly then obviously they're gonna come up and um and, and, and be quite curious and the, and, and the thing I sort of say encourage everyone is touch and go before they lose interest you walk away. Um, so when you get to a stage, it sounds like your, your horse is quite friendly with you, but then um, concerned about the holder. So education has to come into play at some stage. Um, so you've heard of possibly, or, or if you haven't heard of it, it's, it's called approach and retreat. Approach and retreat is something that is almost like you listening to your horse's bubble and approaching till there's um, then there, there's a, there's a signs of concern. You know, either a, you know just a little hardening in expression or a little nervousness through your horse or anything like that and then you would stop and sort of notice that and step back a little um, give your horse space to adjust and not feel too pressured so it's got time to think and then and that's that's a way you obviously get up to a horse to, to, to touch it and any anything like that um, but by the sounds of it you know um, even using approach and retreat you get there and the horse go hang on but you've got a you've got a holder in your hand so uh, I'm, I'm not really buying into that um, I'm out of here so approach and retreat is a good listening technique when you first put a hand on a horse and things like that. But it's basically approach and retreat is you um, doing all the changes to help reduce the horse's anxiety. The horse is not really making a lot of changes. or uh, so, so in an educational purpose, the horse is not really um, learning something new. It just realizes that you know, you're listening to it. So what I, what I would say in regarding the halter and walking in with your horses, when you're walking with your horse, um, when you see your horse sort of look away or think away because it's seen you with a halter, and you have to do this in a fairly, you know, not a super confined space, but a confined enough space that um, you can control the environment just a little more on your horse so you get a, a better response uh, sooner. Uh, and, I, and this is the exact same sort of principle that I would use with horses that have been really traumatized and they're sort of um, uh, carrying a lot of anxiety during the catch. Uh, so some horses are just really frightened when you catch them, but then you finally put the holder on and you step back and they sort of, they relax and they kind of, you know, maybe have a bit of a lick and a chew and a bit of a let down because that anticipation of the catch was so, you know, horrific for them in, in a sense because they, they have had a bad pass with people. Um, it's kind of a similar a similar thing. So basically, you're drawing the horse into the catch a little. So when you see your little horse 
look away or get a little bit sort of like, oh, you've got the halter, then you do something to get their attention. So you might sort of maybe go, you know, a pop on your leg with your hand. It might make a little clapping sound or, you know, if you've got the poppers of the lead rope, um, you just pop on your leg and, and, and you, you'll see the horse's thoughts come back and then you'll just step back and reward them for that change. And, and what I would most definitely do is I walk out with the holder in my hand, clear out, clear view, so the horse can really see what's coming. Um, so I walk and I have that in front of me, like I want you to catch the halter. I don't want you to catch me. This is not a, a, a relationship thing so much. It's I want you to bring your thoughts to, to me carrying this halter and engage with this halter that I'm going to put on you. So, so you walk up with the halter. As soon as you see the horse's thoughts kind of... Um, you know, start to look away, or then then you will sort of um, get to, get the focus back with a distraction, and step away a little to, to to let the horse think about that, and then you approach again as soon as you see the thoughts go away again, get your horse's attention until um, you know it's like one of those. What I say is, if a, if a horse's thoughts is on something for long enough, it's obviously going to move its feet there. Um, so, but every time the horse willingly engages with you and the halter, walking up with that halter on, uh, in, on your hand, um, then basically that willing engagement, you would step back and reward the horse for that willing engagement and say, I'll take, you know, because obviously approaching with the halter creates a little bit of nervous pressure on your horse, so stepping back will, will, will reward it a little. So, so any, any, any um, engagement that the horse chooses with you and the halter, step back and reward it. Anytime the horse looks away, um, you know, just get its attention and until you get to a stage that you walk up, the horse will engage with the holder, sniff it and then as soon as it sniffs it, you walk away, give it some space and then come back again. You could do two or three lessons in the one sort of half an hour time by going away and coming back again until you can put the holder all around its face or the rope or whatever you're carrying around its face and around over its neck and then probably the next thing I'd do is just, just put a long rope over its neck and just... Uh, put a put a put a sort of a half loop in, in it, not not a loop that goes around its neck, just 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 fold it in half. So you've got two ends of the rope, a long rope that you can stand at a distance and just start to um, put a little yield on your horse here, draw a little pressure, and the horse will start to yield its thoughts and feed into in in towards you because you're pulling the pressure towards you at a distance, um, and and then the horse gets comfortable with that yield, and then you go back with the holder again and start sort of preparing it for the holder. But you could lead it around with a neck rope for a little while until it's soft with that. And if the yard's small enough, the desire to really shoot off and go a long way away is not there. So, so, so your horse will sort of, uh, you know, have its thoughts a little bit more contained in that environment. Um, but if you work through those things, um, generally, you know, you can get a horse pretty engaged and focused in the catch, um, opposed to just as I said earlier, approach and retreat. Whereas this is actually getting your horse to do something. So it's actually to to release or to to help its anxiety. It's actually doing something to make itself feel better instead of you doing all the approach and retreat. Yeah, because I've seen you go up to a horse and put a halter on it or, you know, rub it, rub the horse's neck with the halter and then put it on and then take the halter straight off. You don't just go, right, halter, now we're going to do some work. You actually just, that yeah. was it, wasn't it? Yeah, it's almost like, so for the, like I said earlier, for the traumatised horses or the ones that have been beaten by people and, you know, the rescue horses and stuff like that is... Some of them are so frightened of the catch that you just quickly catch them and take the holder off and walk away, and they go, "Oh, that, that was it. Was that? Was that? Is that all done?" And then next time the catch is uh, a lot quicker. The quicker the catch is for some horses, um, the, the better it can be. I'm not saying that 
for all horses, but I've seen long lingering catches where the people have been really sort of connected to every uh, thought change in their horse and emotional change. And I've been standing there watching and I sort of watching half an hour later, the horse is still kind of going, I'm still scared of this catch because it's this long lingering catch. And, and sometimes I've had to step in and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of get your horse to pay attention to me for a second, put a hand on it and walk away. And, and then within about sort of four or five of those quick catches, the, you can walk up to the horse in a hurry, put a holder on, and there's not this long lingering anxiety. Because the amount of pressure they can cope with, that you've got to, you know, that's what you're watching, isn't it? Yeah. So, Shell, there's a video um, on catching a wary Arab on that membership that may be useful for you. Um, and just staying with this sort of idea of catching a horse and um, that first initial work, I've got a question from Monica. Um, so she's got a, a young yearling and she is actually quite an, an outgoing and very connected mare, quite the opposite to the one that Shell's got. So she can put a halter on um, and, she very, and she expresses her own opinion quite strongly, but she's pulling back. Um, so she says, what do I do? I've been using the rope around her neck, wait until she, she waits until she connects with her, and then she asks her, but she's really at a loss if she pulls back when she gets to the stage when she's got the halter on. Um, is there a, and she also just says, is there a video? I'll point you to some videos in the end, but we'll just listen to what Mark has to say about that first. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, and, and in the videos you see me sort of working our youngsters, um, they're interested and they start to follow a feel and there's not a lot of pulling back there because they they find their boundaries and by setting the boundaries in the right way the horse doesn't feel overly threatened by them so they don't have a panic pullback but there are horses that are just like oh right I've, I'm, I'm not interested anymore I'm going to walk off and then all of a sudden they're going to hit a boundary and that will create sometimes a big or, or a mini pullback or sometimes a big pullback or, or a bit of a panic so whatever attachment you've got on the horse, if it's the halter or, the, or a neck rope or something like that, in your case it sounds like the halter, um, basically it's, it's very easy to um, set, set certain boundaries that don't fully restrict your horse. If you just put a full restriction on them, then you can create a panic and a pullback in a horse um, worse than, um, than you need and also set it up to be frightened of pressure. So, you know, you remember the old sort of, you know, you put a rope on a horse and pull it around to face up, all that sort of stuff. That would most commonly put brace in a lot of horses. You know, they'd brace and they'd brace through the whole body to, 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 to rope pressure. Um, so I strongly advise against that sort of stuff. But what I do like is horses to find a boundary and figure out the path of least resistance. So it's okay to create resistance. So say for instance, if your horse sees the other horses and walks off and says, I'm gonna tap out. So their thoughts are either kind of coming with you in the rope or they're in the opposite direction. So basically you've got to let the thoughts go in the opposite direction. You have a certain droop in your rope and, and your horse will walk off and it'll, it'll, it'll kind of get to a boundary, but don't set and trap the boundary as in say set on it and panic your horse. Um, just let it find a boundary. And something I do with, um, horses uh, that um, I don't want to create a lot of bracing but I do want to show them that, that that's not available so they eventually choose um, a better a better pathway as I say the path of least resistance um, is I might just as the horse t takes up a feel I'll take up that same feel and I'll just pull a feel 
and then I'll loosen it and I'll get my other hand and just pull a feel, almost like I'm sort of pulling the rope, like I'm going to pull the horse in, but I'm actually not pulling the horse in, I'm just putting a feel on it and then I loosen it and put a feel on it and then I loosen it and and the, and, and have yourself in a, I would say in, in, in another sense, uh, like the last question is, have yourself in a yard that the that the horse doesn't feel like it can run all the way away. So in a lot of cases when I want to avoid a big pullback but also teach the horse not to fight boundaries is I want the yard size to be um, big enough that I don't have to move my feet a long way with my horse so that so basically the fence can catch the horse in an emergency before I have to catch the horse with the rope and it runs off. So have a, have a small enough yard that your rope's long enough that you can sort of, or your halter lead wrap's long enough that the horse can be caught by the fence, um, that it doesn't pull the rope out of your hands. And if worst case scenario happens, you let the horse turn around the opposite way, flip the rope over its back and continue with that sort of massaging feel of the rope. So you just put a feel in it and you loosen that feel, put a feel in it. So it's a continual feel of a boundary pulsing on the horse until it goes, well, that's not working. And as soon as its thoughts come towards you, you release and say thank you. And then obviously where the thoughts, uh, if the thoughts are staying somewhere long enough, then the feet will eventually follow. Um, if your horse thinks away and moves its feet into that boundary, uh, then basically you do that pulsing boundary where you just pull and release and pull and release. You can do it with one hand if you want, but sometimes just um, one, you know, pulling a rope with one hand and swapping to the other in this just rhythmic motion gets them to go, oh, oh, that's kind of like a... Uh, something out there that's pulsating that I, I don't really want to be out there in that pulsating feeling I might try this and then when they try that path of least resistance that's when you reward uh, and that's sort of sometimes better on a young horse than a, a full-on static boundary that just feels like it, that they've been trapped by that holder so basically in, in that respect they're finding pressure and they're finding their own release you're not actually pulling towards them pulling towards yourself and trying to drag them towards you that would put a lot of brace in your horse and, and more fear of the rope. So it's like as they're pushing, they're feeling that pulsing. As they're releasing, they're feeling the release. And soon enough, they'll come around because um, they're not going to, you know, a horse is always going to find the path of least resistance. They, they're not going to just, unless they've really shut down and full on, you know, blocking out uh, and they just block out to everything and shell up they're always going to search for that easiest pathway and, 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 and sure enough they'll, they'll find it pretty quick. So Monica, just, um, just to direct you to some videos that you asked for, there's videos, if you do a search on um, pool, pool, it'll come up with fixing the pullback version 1 and 2. So Mark put on two different videos, two different scenarios of how you could fix a pullback. Um, they are with an older horse but it's all on the ground so that gives you two ideas and helping a mare with a bad pullback to lead better, I think you'll get some good concepts on that too. The, um, the thing about the pullback videos, they, these are horses that have obviously horses that have pulled back. Some, uh, some of them often flipped over and stuff like that. So they're they're horses that have never been taught how to lead properly, never understood pressure, always braced and have, have been frozen pressure or reacted through rearing. But in these videos, um, you'll you'll see the kind of more extreme scenarios that how your young horse could end up if it's not addressed properly. Um, and you, 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 to use those videos, you'll, you'll see the me using pressure where the horse finds a boundary and then moves off. You can use those concepts with your young horses, but you probably only just got to 
uh, tone some of it down a little bit and, and do it as more of an educational lesson so your horse will find a boundary because it's searching, you'll present a boundary, it'll find release. Um, so there are principles in those videos that you use but, but, you, but you're not going to treat that particular video and do it exactly the same because of that you know but there are lots of things that you'll see be a big advantage like you know some of the pull, pulling back horses uh, it's important that they they learn to back up softly as well but your horse needs to learn to back up and lead and things like that so but you'll use those videos to take the certain things out of it that that you'll need um, but just don't do it exactly how I do it with those horses and with the leading because uh, that's just as an important part of it, isn't it? I remember you often saying, uh, as soon as a horse braces, you'll say, that's a pullback mm. when you're teaching them to lead. So you can see from the beginning what you're sort of, you're ironing out the creases yeah. right from the beginning of their education. So uh, um, uh, I, this is something I've, I guess it's taken me, you know, I've, I sometimes say, wow, that, 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 that horse person knows more about horses than I know. Um, I'm still on f trying to figure out the reins and leading and there's a, you know so sometimes we can get caught up in so many different things and so many different ideas that, that help our horsemanship that we only take a little bit of each one but there's so much stuff that we're not actually looking at the depth of each individual piece of, of the puzzle um, so leading to me I'm still learning about leading and and I, and, I, and what's so important and, and the biggest problem I see in all training uh, all, all, the, all the horses that come to me through training, the problems that they've, uh, you know, I guess that's happened over the years is um, leading and reins are still putting a stop and a brace in a horse and, 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 and there's, a, there's a saying that I say to everybody and it's um, reins are for movement, so is leading. Leading is reins, they're all the same and it's for movement, it's not for stopping. And a lot of times we think we put a stop on a horse with the lead rope, we put a stop on a horse with the reins. We put a stop in, if we put a stop in that lead rope and we put a stop in those reins in our mind, then we're going to put a brace in our horse in the long term. So how a horse doesn't pull back is when it feels pressure, it moves. The whole idea and philosophy of picking up the feel of a lead rope or rein is so the horse shifts its thoughts in preparation to shift its body but it's always to create movement, never to create stillness. So that's why I don't teach lateral flexion, you know, that where people just bend their horses around all the time because it's creating um, stillness in the horse's feet, not movement. And that principle in itself will, you know, that, that, that reins create movement, lead ropes create movement, will fix a lot of your braces, a lot of the things that you ride with legs that you shouldn't, you know, a lot of the problems you're trying to fix with legs, all that sort of stuff, you'll it, line out a lot of those. Very good. Thank you, Mark. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.